Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. you are welcome to our episode of sheologian we're here today to put the her in virtue Boom, there you there. go you did it my name is summer jaeger and one I'm more in the bucket <laughs> yes. i feel like i just like jumped over a hurdle oh yeah I, it was the first it's like right it's up the first hurdle yeah. okay mm-hmm. my name is summer jaeger i'm here with my beautiful co-host joy and joy i have a personality type that i would like to talk to you about oh do you now yes I do not know what wing of the Enneagram this is on because I don't practice witchcraft, but, (laughs) but this is a personality. Okay. And if you do one of these things, you do the other one. I know it for a fact. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. This is, (laughs) I just moved my giant water bottle and stretched. Listen, you know, the personality type where if you ask it's the person that goes like you ask them for something and they go say please you know uh-huh. they hold they hold the item uh-huh. back or yeah. they hold the thing back mm-hmm. and they stare at you really kind of hard and mm-hmm. unblinking in the eyeball and they go say please that is a personality type and i know that if you do that you are also the person who believes that it is immoral when um, like there's construction and lanes are merging. You also believe it's immoral to merge at the last minute. And I want to tell you why this is wrong. Why both of them are wrong. Here's why. Okay. Okay. Here's why this when now you, we should totally teach our kids to are you against politeness. <laughs> Listen, we should totally teach our kids to be polite. You should teach your kids to say please and thank you. Yeah. You should teach your children there's a proper way to speak or not. However, you cannot teach or demand politeness from someone while being rude. That's why this doesn't work. The reason this right. is a, the reason that this is not and it's not like if you were going to give them the thing anyway, why all of a sudden put the condition on it right. that you must say please? So you're saying that this person, in order for me to hand you this pen, they, you have to meet a standard of politeness that doesn't cover staring another adult in the eyeball and demanding that they say please, which is rude. It's rude. So you're more talking about, well, you're talking... You're talking about people who just do this in general they to kids, it. to adults. They to, do it. Okay. Oh, doing it to an adult. I mean, how much? Now, right. listen, again, Pretty, yeah. I'm not talking about teaching your children to be polite. Well, but you so basically, if you're offering something to someone and you're saying like, here's this whatever little version of a gift. And then you're like, oh, but oh. there is one condition. Oh, you didn't say please. At that point, the person can decide oh. to not say please and to reject your... <laughs> Well, it's even or or if you if you aren't the say please person, you're the <clears throat> what do you say oh, person, yeah. which is again, it's, it's one thing if you're, you're teaching your kids, rude. yeah, you're being rude. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's one thing if you're teaching kids, right. but like in real life, I mean, honestly, if your friend asks you to pass a napkin mm-hmm. and you are gonna stop and be like, say please. Like you're rude. Is it this is kind of a weird habit? You're rude, and and why I say that about the lane merging uh-huh. is because I really think so. People that uh, assign a moral rightness, right? Like they take it personally yeah. if you drive up to the merging point, yeah, to get over. They assign a moral rightness to it, right. and the reason why that is so the being rude while demanding someone else's polite is hypocritical. Mm-hmm. The reason why this is the same behavior, this lane merging thing that I'm mm-hmm. talking about, the reason why it's the same behavior is because 
if everybody merges early, the line actually goes slower. Like well, we it's designed. It, it's yes. The merge, the that zipper effect is actually designed to work more efficiently than yeah. everyone backing up. You're in one not lane. supposed to merge a mile ahead. You're supposed to merge when you get to where the lane ends, and that actually keeps traffic moving. Well, and the reason why people, the only reason why people do that, is because. They don't want to be perceived as a jerk right. for waiting to the last minute. Yes. Be, which means it's the only reason people do that is because they're worried yes. about, about other people right. placing a moral and, judgment and, and, and on And actually, when not. you're like, this person's being a jerk and you don't let them in, now you're the jerk. Right, right. So you are judging people for being a jerk for waiting to merge while being a jerk that doesn't let people merge. That happened to me today. Like this guy, this is why I thought about this, is like he honestly, and he was an older gentleman, but he acted like I was doing something wrong. Right. When I was following the flow of traffic right. and the rules of merging. Driving is a collective activity. Yeah. And so yeah. if you do an, a collective activity and pretend <laughs> that it's all for you... Right. You may not receive right. the results you're looking for. But it's like this man would rather have gotten, he would rather have caused an accident right. while mm-hmm. standing on his position that I was doing something wrong. But it's like, yeah. no, I wasn't doing anything <laughs> wrong, but you would prefer that I get in an accident because you think that it's wrong. And it's that's it's the same thing with right. the say please. It's right. like you're demanding that Which I be polite there is while moral, you're being rude. Right. There's a, there is a moral component to getting into an accident. <laughs> crashing into my car like what (laughs) it is the same yeah i've experienced it so many times personality it is it's it's a personality Mm -hmm. and it needs to go away Mm -hmm. people need to now there is we're not talking about the person that sees the merge and is like maybe i can get one car ahead (laughs) that person is indeed a jerk but the person that's just casually following the the, the road Mm -hmm. that's and and the zipper Right. Of merging of yeah. one car, one car, one car is how you keep traffic from coming to a complete halt. So it's like if you really cared about this line moving in an orderly fashion, right. then you wouldn't be assigning moral superiority to people who don't move in this fashion. But if it's about you. Right. And then if you, you can. if you really are concerned about somebody being polite, you're not going to be rude. You can't be rude while teaching someone to be polite. I think a good unless I mean. The exception is your own kids, of course, but a good rule of thumb is that don't worry about other people's politeness. Yes, Let them that's worry great... about their how polite they are. Right. And that right. that may get some people into trouble, but guess what? But even that's their business. Even with your kids though, you cannot teach so yes, you should teach your kids to be polite. But I don't you are not going to successfully teach them to be polite if you are being rude. Right. You can't right, be like yeah. Don't have a bad attitude. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't I'll work. I'll kill you for saying that. Right. Like, that doesn't, you can't, that is, it's hypocrisy. And kids, if anybody can sniff oh, hypocrisy yeah. out 12,000 miles yeah. away, mm-hmm. it's children. So you absolutely cannot, you just cannot act. Anyway, it's a personality. Like I said, don't know what wing that this exists on or what four letters. I think just hypocrite. Is that four letters? <laughs> That's sinner. Sinner. <laughs> Selfish. Anyway, <laughs> I really took us. I'm drinking coffee so late in the day. I'm going to keep moving we've, it further we've away. We've had a lot of caffeine. We've been um, like planning, yes, which is sort so of planning. I think activated the, <sighs> the fight or flight. It really did. In both of us. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a, we're so excited for Nashville. I can't wait. We're to so go. excited. And we just finished planning the hard part of it yeah <laughs> the hard part's over now we're just ready to hang out with you guys at the fight left feast conference that's in nashville tennessee september 9th through the 11th and if you haven't gotten your tickets yet you can do that at flfnetwork.com i finally remembered the website i've had to look at it enough today <laughs> to <laughs> plan to get right. there yes. anyway okay well i'm going to tell you about another website you're right i am joy yes. and i'm here with my beautiful co-host go. summer the chaos and um we are back at well we didn't we did this a few months ago at the beginning of the year or was it the beginning of the year yeah it was maybe it was he started early so this is really we're within we're close (sighs) enough to a year time is just what um but yeah i'm gonna tell you guys uh about 
well, a few things that are going on. Um, but uh, specifically, my husband uh, has asked me to tell you guys about his uh, Fundamentals of Wilderness Survival uh, through Kepler Education. You can go there, Kepler.education. Kepler. Um, when I said I'm going to tell you about a few things, that's what I mean, is Kepler in and of itself, very cool, online, classic Christian education, um, definitely should be on your radar, uh, yes. especially for homeschool moms. Yes. Um Especially as your kids get older. It's awesome. It's still, yeah, it's still relatively mm-hmm. new, um, but it's it's already. I'm sure my kids will be involved Since its inception, point. I've already seen it growing. And so, yeah, it's uh, definitely something to keep on the radar. Yeah. Uh, jump in now if you have kids that are of age. Uh, mm-hmm. If not, tuck it in your pocket. Is it and high school only? I'm pretty sure it's okay. like 9 to 12 grade. Okay. Um, they may have some wiggle room depending on your your kid kid. yeah uh but yeah so specifically what i wanted to tell you about is uh my husband's class so he's teaching um he has a he has a course that he sells on that he's selling on his own and so this is like a variation of it for the age and for the online you know um but yeah so it doesn't start until January of 2022, but registration is open. Uh, so if you're looking to plan, I know some people are just like, Sorry, man, everybody. I just finished planning this this uh, <laughs> this first part of the school year. Uh, some people are like, we don't stop over the summer. Everyone does things differently. But um, the class actually starts on January 17th of 2022, um, and that's their spring semester. Uh, Fundamentals of Wilderness survival uh it is encouraged uh there's an individual price but uh matthew loves it when parents want to take right the class with kids so right. there's pricing for that too um and yeah it's a great class uh very scientific they actually it's an elective credit but they file it under okay. like science yeah um because it's very very sense. much about physiology and uh, yes. Convection, conduction, lots of science. Yeah. Which is this type of science is what my husband is single-mindedly interested in. Right. <laughs> right. So um, he would love to see some uh, Sheologians kids, li- she- Sheologians listeners kids. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, right. In the class. Uh tell your friends check it out if you're interested again of course there's other i mean kepler didn't ask us to pitch this but they have an in so but they're great yeah um so yeah and you know check out his class check out other courses um thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475 somebody left us a voicemail last week and they were like i have your number memorized what's wrong with you (laughs) Like, I know. It's just one of those things. <laughs> Where do you want me to begin to answer that question? Um, yes. And join us. We are yeah, starting. What's wrong with you is too much of a question. <laughs> Even, yeah. How long do you have? Um, we're starting a new round in book club soon. Uh, so how book club works is you sign up for a book club. <laughs> Patreon.com slash theologians. And then we meet Joy and I live every Wednesday. There's a little chatty chat that the other people joining live can chat with us, chat with each other. Uh, I feel like I've gotten to know so many of our regular book clubbers over the last almost two years. Yeah. Uh, It's just like a little extra intimacy. It's so... You guys, it's just so much better than I thought it would be. Like, I thought it would be great. I mm-hmm. wasn't like, mm. but it's even better just getting to know some of these ladies. Like, I feel like several of them, I feel like if we met in person, it would just be like, we've known, we've right. never not met before. Right. Like, it's just been so great. And um, reading in community 
is not something that I thought I would enjoy as much as I do because reading is a very singular act. Right. Like it's you with the text. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a very, I just stated the obvious. However, what I, as somebody who loves reading and I have no complaints with just reading <laughs> me and the text. Right. Um, I didn't know that I would enjoy doing it with other people right. involved who are literally reading alongside me. Yeah. Which I should have known because the the Bible reading challenge, like yeah. we're reading the Bible together and we get together and we discuss that. Um, that's I love doing that. I just didn't realize I would enjoy doing it with other books anyway. Mm-hmm. Now I'm well, rambling. and there's like there's a learning curve. Like we've yeah. we've discovered that certain books are probably not the best to be read in a group. Yeah, just because it's hard to have a discussion. Or, you don't want to have the same discussion every week, right? Um, so reading about the Covenanters has oh been a huge blessing, and I think I said yeah, I said this last week, and then someone who was live with us agreed, like. I won't be sad when we're done reading this as much as I'm blessed while reading it. Right. Because it's just so, it's so difficult. It's mm-hmm. so, um, it's like equally difficult and encouraging. Yeah. Um, just cause it's so hard to read, but it's also like forcing me to assess my own life in a way that I wouldn't have been before. So I just, I recommend read about, yeah. read about the martyrs. Fair sunshine has, it has been a huge sanctifying tool yeah. in my life. <laughs> like, um, I don't know how to come and talk every week. We without are thinking different. Of it. <laughs> I know this sounds like a very dramatic pitch for book club, but I am a different person from book club. Yeah. Some of the books specifically fair sunshine, but even broken bread. Like, yeah, I know it is worth your time. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. worth your time. And, and we're about to hop into um, another, a new book called No Mere Mortals. And it is by Toby Sumter. And uh, it's about personhood and marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also going to be a great discussion right. and time. So anyway, um, honestly, more trying to plug you reading books <laughs> than book club. But yeah. mm-hmm. it has been a blessing to me. Perhaps it could be a blessing to you. Well, and it maybe if you're reading books is something that you're trying to do more of, maybe it would be good to have a little accountability. accountability yeah. So, you know, people pushing you yep. on. Yeah. Okay. Um, so hey, today we're gonna talk about contentment. It's been a few years since we has it been a few years? Did I just make that up? No, it's been a while. I don't know. I don't keep You know, track. I want to plug something. Some things I feel like we just <laughs> talked about and then it's like, wow, that was two years ago. I know. Uh, I, I feel, I, I hope that everybody hears this in the spirit that I mean it. Um, but if you're ever curious if we've talked about something before, I would just highly recommend you throw that word in the search bar at sheologians.com because sometimes, not sometimes, every week I have somebody email me and they're like, hey, have you talked about this? Have you talked about this? And then I go to sheologians.com and I type it in the search bar Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I pull up the link. Yeah. So we've been doing this for so long that, you know, maybe we've talked about it. Maybe we haven't. I really do. Every week I type in tags and I categorize everything. So hopefully it comes up. So anyway, all that to say... I don't, I know that we, we, we frequently talk about contentment because it's something that humans are bad at and it's, it is a discipleship issue. And I think we just wanted to like actually talk about that. Well, I feel like even in the last six to eight months, Mm. it's sort of been the reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. It is. It is what we are, we have discovered mm-hmm. really sits like at the foundation of a lot of things, or I guess things, just a lot of stuff in general. Spiritual and disciplines. A lot of things specifically yeah. that women deal with regularly. Sorry, I just, <laughs> I think I just choked on a beard hair. Okay, sorry. Oh, no. <clears throat> okay. I can be content in all circumstances. <laughs> You're seeing it right here, guys. 
played out before your very ears. <laughs> when you recorded Apollo Studios, one of the possible hazards. Did you really? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just ate a beer. Oh, no. It was like stuck in the microphone. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say something, but then I was like that. <laughs> in my mind, I said it in like an encouraging tone. <laughs> And then I was like, but the statement itself was <laughs> not encouraging, not encouraging okay. at all. No, I'm fine. Anyway, <clears throat> I totally derailed us. You were saying. No, please black that part <laughs> out of your mind. I was just saying we, I think we've, uh, whatever, however you want to put it, it's been a theme for us. We discovered that it's very foundational. Maybe we're just in a season of our lives where we're learning how important it is. Yeah. And also maybe we are, we, because of, um, because of the particular section of humanity that we tend to invest our time in, like yeah. feminism, mm-hmm. humanism, atheism, um, homosexuality, all that stuff. I think we have... Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are I think God is revealing to us just how important contentment is in mm. the issues that we address yeah so it's been a while since I've read there's obviously really great I think Christian resources on contentment I mean obviously Jerry Bridges comes to mind mm. Corey Ten Boom always comes to mind for me okay in this yeah. conversation as well and then um, Nancy Wilson has a great book on contentment Um, but like you said, this is something we've been thinking about a lot. And one of the reasons why is for me is that I think there is, and I don't know that I've read a lot about this or heard a lot of discussion about this, but I think there is a really huge connection between gratefulness and contentment that is explicit and clear in scripture. Uh, And I think one of the reasons why contentment feels so out of reach for many Christians, like I I, I feel like many Christians don't feel that their neutral, natural state of being could be one of contentment. And I think the missing component there is gratefulness um, I think we're a very cynical generation, mm-hmm. uh, constantly. And something that I noticed when I was working through Romans one with my kids and something that even though I've known Romans one since I was 12 had never struck me before. And this is one of the great things about reading scripture over and over Yeah, is you didn't get it on the first time you're not or maybe same. even the 20th it's time. It's still the same, but you're not. You're not. <laughs> Is that in verse 21 of Romans 1, it says, For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. So that struck me on this one. Because then he goes, the rest of the chapter is about the results of this. This result of the God rejecting. Uh, And one of the, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. So what happened? They became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. Uh, this is weird. Oh, for a second. I thought you got another beard hair. Okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think I'm traumatized like, too. <laughs> <laughs> of all the traumatizing things that happened today. I was in a funeral possession today. It's Friday the 13th. Anyway, um, <laughs> we don't practice witchcraft. It doesn't matter. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I I I put this in my notes so I could mm-hmm. have it in front of me, but it's the wrong translation. So oh, I just okay. started going off of like what I have memorized, but I was looking at it and I was like, they wrote it, it- wrong. <laughs> anyway, we're moving on. Okay. They became futile in their speculations and their foolish hearts were darkened. So one of the results of not being grateful to God, of giving, of honoring God for who God is and giving thanks because part of honoring God is giving thanks. You cannot honor God who is making your heart beat and giving you oxygen right now. You cannot honor him without being thankful to him. Right. One of the results of that is a heart that's darkened. And so there is no darkened heart that can rest in contentment. There is no 
brain that's that's futile in its thinking that is resting in contentment. And so as we grow in the Christian life and we're trying to practice and learn contentment, if if consciously being grateful and thankful to God for what he's done isn't one of the exercises that you're doing, you're not going to get there. Like the contentment is never going to come because you cannot be content if you are missing that piece of gratefulness. Like if you're ungrateful for everything you have, you're not going to be content with what you have. And this all sounds very obvious. I guess it's just, it's, but it's bigger than that. Like this is something that we cannot, I don't think it can be overstated uh, because Paul keeps going on and he's like professing to be wise. They became fools and then they were, they're worshiping creation instead of the creator. And like, this is all a result of first and foremost, a rejection of God and a refusal to put him on the throne. So anyway, that means all of your, all of your Thanksgiving is like improperly oriented. It's all messed up priorities. Yeah. And, and, uh, this is, you know, like I said last year, when I started going over Romans on with my kids, we would do this exercise where it's like, give me any scenario where sin is involved and we can trace this back to worshiping the creator or worshiping creation. Right. And even in just being discontent, you can trace that back to worshiping creation instead of the creator. And it, it just, it's so black and white for me in this way. Um, and I also just find it incredibly ironic that we are just some of the most, we are like the wealthiest people in, in history. Right. Well, and I think that that's perhaps, well, obviously a darkened heart is what is what causes the confusion, but perhaps this is a particular struggle of our culture because mm-hmm. of the abundance, because we, many of us really do think we are self-sufficient and right now mm-hmm. in a very, uh, a topical uh, current type of way. Yeah. A lot of people are meeting their own needs and Mm. they are Mm. expressing gratitude in a way that like it, it, it almost appears you Mm -hmm. appear to be able to properly Mm -hmm. express gratitude. Mm -hmm. Someone gets you something nice. Oh yes. Of course I'm thankful. Oh, you Um, said please and thank you. Yeah. But that's such a, (laughs) but that's such a, um, as we, as I'm sure we've all experienced, that's such a superficial type of contentment and gratefulness, mm. um, which is that in that moment, mm-hmm. per someone giving me something, mm-hmm. I'm think it's it's sort of almost just something you can do as long as someone taught you to be polite. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's not actually like inspired or supernatural, and it sure it certainly doesn't transfer over to your sort of natural state of being. Like you don't right. you're not just when you feel thankful in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very temporary and mm-hmm. superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, I think that is a struggle. There, there are struggles with certain seasons and there are struggles with certain, like there's always going to be struggles that are different from other people based off of where God has you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is important to know where you are going to struggle because of even the blessings mm-hmm. the this abundance this I- intense blessing <laughs> we've mm-hmm. received it can make there's a f- and we talk about it all the time on this show we talk about our particular uh struggles as 21st century americans is uh, that the century that we're in i don't <laughs> are you sure i believe so <laughs> um but yeah i was gonna say that that basically a lack of so when you're when you're discontent and when you're dissatisfied what you're saying is that you don't trust god and you you don't need what he's provided Mm -hmm. that's what i kept thinking of great is thy faithfulness Mm -hmm. all i have needed thy hand hath provided Mm -hmm. and just like well i need more than what you've provided Mm -hmm. did you know that Mm -hmm. and god's like no (laughs) 
no wrong no the him got it right <laughs> right what you need right. is what i've provided right um and so we've gotten into our head that we provide for our own selves and mm. we seek out we go on these provisional paths we go oh no i i got the grades i got the scholarship i right. got the college education right i got the silicon valley job and that's me that was me right i provided that for myself right and obviously and so like you know if something bad happens or whatever it's like we have no like real concept of Hmm. like the flow or orientation of where like good things come from or trials come from Mm -hmm. um and so you're kind of just making it up right as you go or based off of how you feel right and and that was the other thing i kind of wanted to talk about in terms of the topic of contentment is just that we 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 do this with a lot of things yeah. but um we base well we i guess i should say we reduce contentment to our natural mm-hmm. feelings the way we just kind of feel mm-hmm. normally like our sort of a homeostasis mm-hmm. um and so it's like oh well i'm i don't i don't naturally feel content on a regular basis Right. Or it's not like an outpouring in my life all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we reduce many things to a feeling alone, we're missing the point. We're in so much trouble. Yeah. Um, so much The emotional trouble. component of contentedness is a blessing from God. It's a, just another one of his provisions. Right. Um, hate to break it to you. Still right. not coming from yourself. Um, but so. And you, you, okay. So you may say, is it really wrong for me to want to feel satisfied generally in my day to day? Um, you know, so like the sensation of contentedness or satisfaction or whatever. Um, and I think the obvious answer to that is no, but it depends on what kind of satisfaction mm. you're looking for. Mm. So are you are you only satisfied by your own personal preferences? Are you only satisfied if your feelings are acknowledged? Are you satisfied by earthly possessions? Um, and I, yeah, I guess the key word there is only, it's okay to be satisfied mm-hmm. and plenty of things. A part of contentment would be acknowledging that all things are from God. Um, so whatever you are finding satisfaction in, it's still not coming from yourself, Yeah, but you do need to consider, do I only, um, like how often do, am I bitter against someone because they did something in a way that I didn't like, or do you spend your whole morning just like fanning this anger flame towards your husband? Because mm. he, why won't he just do X, Y, and Z? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, I guess the point. Okay. So the, should he, should your husband want to do things that satisfy you? Of course. Are you entitled to it? <laughs> Now, wait, wait, I, there's an obvious answer. But the reason I'm asking if you're entitled to it is because I actually want you to ask yourself right. if you are entitled to it. Right. I'm not looking for the obvious answer. Right. But uh, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that if your standard for contentment is that everyone, including God, should bend in order for you to be content, everyone, including God has to bend to your will when how who where you mm-hmm. want it then there there's a m- misunderstanding and the misunderstanding is that you do believe that satisfaction and contentment is based off of how you feel right because the point is is that you won't you won't always feel naturally content in mm-hmm. a world full of people that have different opinions, right. jobs, right. Uh, preferences right. from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I'm saying is that it's not a feeling and it is a, um, 
it's a muscle mm-hmm. that you build. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is an act of discipline. Contentment is an act of the will. Yes. That says, I will be content. Yes. It's not about a feeling because a feeling, a feeling is an indicator mm-hmm. of your own personal satisfaction. Right. Which isn't a problem. Right. As long as you're using the correct means to determine like what truly satisfies living in light of the truth. Right. Yeah. But so that feeling is a nice side effect again, provision from God, but contentment in Mm -hmm. and of itself is is an action where you decide Mm -hmm. to be content, happy and satisfied with Mm -hmm. what God has given you. And the only alternative is that you have decided to be unhappy Mm -hmm. with what God has given you. Right. And I think maybe we baby that a little bit, but that is the alternative, which is that you are unsatisfied with God's provision. Right. So which one are you? Right. Um, one of my favorite, uh, and humbling things about being a parent is, and it, it sticks with me and it comes into my mind often when I am engaging in discontent. But the look on a small child's face when you express to them in some way, usually by not allowing them to have something they want, that their desire is not the rule by which the world turns. Sometimes it's not anger or immediate temper tantrum. Sometimes it's shock that, wait, my feelings aren't determining what happens here. And that sticks with me and often is a blessing to me. Right. It's the, you know, the, the rod and the staff that guides me (laughs) of like, okay, am I going to, I can react to this like a small child who is shocked at not, at my personal desire, not being the road by which the world travels. Um, or I can grow up and live in light of the truth (laughs) with rightly ordered priorities that, your feelings about something do not determine whether or not that thing is good mm-hmm. or whether or not that thing should happen or whether or not you should have that thing. Uh, and so often a lack of discontent is a denial of that truth. You are living uh, like what you feel would be best is best. Right. And therefore you can't you won't be content Mm -hmm. with anything less than whatever you want. Right. And it is so, it is something that, you know, we don't need to teach our kid. Like I'm not saying like go home today and, or turn this off and go tell your kids, Hey, what you want doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, (laughs) uh, the best way to, I think teach contentment is to be content yourself and to model that. Well, um, use words, but also use actions. Both are necessary. Um, but I just think sometimes like I needed, I am blessed by that moment in my child's eyes when they realized and when they felt surprise that like truly the right. priority in this moment, my mom is not living by my feelings. This situation is not determined by my feelings. And when you see that in their little eyeballs, you know, you need to see that in your own life. Right. Uh, where are you living like this should be going the way that you say? And that is probably where you're going to find a great source of your discontent. If you mm-hmm. are discontent uh, when you're not getting your way, that's really when you're going to find out. That's right. when the rubber like meets the road there. Um, but there, there is a reason why contentment is a virtue. And... It's because it is something that is a discipline, like you said. It's something that really only a believing heart can produce because contentment rests in trusting God. 
and trusting who right. he is. So it's it's a Christian virtue in that way. It's a Christian discipline in that way. Um, I do think there is com- enough common grace in the world for many unbelievers to feel content at certain moments, but that contentment is going to blow over at the first sign of things not going their way. Right. Well, um, frequently people are discontent that they aren't feeling content. content. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally placing their own yeah. standard of satisfaction yeah. on God mm-hmm. and then being like, well, but why don't I feel good? Like I'm, I'm trying to be contented. Yeah. And I, this goes along with something that I've kind of been like chewing on, which is the whole, and I've even mentioned it on the show. So this is not anything new, but it goes along with Christians pretending mm. mm-hmm. to be content or pretending to have joy or pretending right. to have patience. There is this like, it's almost like it's a behavior. Mm. Um, Mm-hmm. Instead of a an an actual discipline right. act, right now sometimes it is a uh, you know I'm not disagreeing with you. We're not saying it, it's not fake it till you make it time. Right there is a there is a spiritual Christian life of obedience that uh, is not dependent upon your feelings in the moment. Fake it till you make it actually is an offshoot. Of your feelings being the standard mm-hmm. for whatever you're doing, like right, like if you if you have you have decided I can't be content, so I will fake being content until right. I actually feel contented. Right. When God says to be content. Right. So. Yes, this is a you've heard it here so many times, and I think this is again. This is a, a mark of emotional maturity is a refusal to live a discontented life. And I mean, just imagine how different your life would be, your your children's life would be, the church's, your community's life would be if, what if we could say this group of women right here, they are content, they are they are cheerful. They are not, their souls and their hearts aren't just shaken up with constant drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think even too, uh, boredom, being bored yeah. is a sign of somebody who's discontent. And when you're bored, what you're essentially saying is like, yeah, I know this world is filled like filled with work to do and the kingdom work isn't done and God has good work for me and it's boring. Mm-hmm. Like Im- like there really is a like you've provided for me something God that I don't need. Right. That isn't for me. Yeah. It's not you've enough. Got, it's you not got good this enough. Wrong. You it's got not this interesting wrong. enough. It's yeah. not you Or know. it's it's too hard. Oh, it's too hard. Yeah, that's another one. It's too hard, so I'm not going to do it. It takes too much energy, so I'm not going to do you it. You know the the horrible death that happened in the family? God obviously wasn't thinking. Right. And there so and I bring that up because there's there's real mm-hmm. there of course are very extreme moments when being content is difficult. Very possible. I have seen it so many times. We have. Se- that's why you. That's why Corey Ten Boom comes to your mind when you right. think of contentment. Right. Because so many people have remained content. Yeah. In these very Horrible excruciating situations. circumstances. Yeah. Um, but you've kind of hit on a line. I guess I didn't really think of that is true, which is that I think in a, in a lot of so in these times of horrible persecution, we're reading about the Covenanters, mm-hmm. we're talking about Corey Ten Boom. God does supply. Right. He gives you the grace that you need in yes. the hour that you need it. So he's not actually asking you to pretend in this weird act right. of faithfulness to be content when he hands you a trial. Right. He is saying, I will also provide your contentment. Right. I will provide that too. Right. I may like this trial may have come, mm-hmm. but I'll provide that too. Right. And so we believe he supernaturally supplied those saints in these horrible situations with this grace to be content mm-hmm. 
under situations that we can't even imagine. But what I find really ironic is that our struggle is like the complete opposite. Yeah. Where we have so much opportunity for contentment that we like despise it, mm-hmm. that we're bored. Yeah. We we have the audacity to be bored. And I think it really does require audacity mm-hmm. and a, a complete lack of imagination and, and apathy right. to be bored. And apathy is totally the opposite of love. Like, I don't believe love and hate are opposites. And I think it's been a while since we talked about that, too. But being apathetic towards towards life, towards the thing of things of the Lord, which I would say is another way of saying life, like mm-hmm. all of life is yeah. the things of the Lord. Um, I mean, it does take uh, quite a bit of arrogance and audacity to reach that level. And so contentment isn't some just like zoned out, mindless uh I'm Whatever. so yeah like I'm so content I you know like we should be so content that we are difficult it's difficult to ruffle our feathers mm-hmm. you should be undisturbed you should be at peace you should be non-reactive but that isn't a lack of energy that is a spiritual discipline that is going on all cylinders mm-hmm. that's strong that's going yeah. that's moving places that is able to because there it there's complexity mm. there is a deep unexplainable complexity to feasting in a trial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there is and denying yourself mm-hmm. but i think you know like you brought that up and i'm still processing it a little bit I can say, and I remember being in my early 20s and so blessed by a friend of mine who was a decade along, who is my age now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> weird to think about. Um, I was telling her how I was disappointed because when I had been going through this really intense trial, I had just been like so in prayer and so in the word and just really experiencing a deep intimacy with the Lord as I was going through this thing that was really difficult. And then I told my friend, I was like, I'm so like, I almost miss the trial because now that I'm out of the trial, like my flesh, I'm not constantly praying. I'm not constantly in the word because my life just isn't as hard right now. Yeah. And I was like missing that blessing of the trial Yeah. because I felt like everything was easy. And Mm -hmm. because everything was easy, I wasn't driven to as much you didn't prayer. have that reminder that wasn't like that those hunger pains of fasting yeah, didn't exist. they weren't they weren't ha- right you just your belly is full but you still have to remember to thank god for your food right like right and so it really blessed me because she was like well summer like the lord leads you through seasons like he knows what season season you're in and right. you need to embrace the season that you're in just as you embraced the trial go ahead and thank god and embrace the ease of this time. Um, And so that was, it was on my part, a lack of contentment, a lack of gratefulness that, wow, like I'd gone through this difficult trial and the Lord had been with me and now I'm not in this trial. And I mean, what a complaining heart to be like, well, now I'm not in a trial. Like, you know, and it just really was a miss misapplied, unfocused, thankfulness for what the Lord was doing. And I think it's, so what I'm saying is I think in many ways it is almost in my experience easier to be content during a trial because you are being pushed. There is pressure being applied Mm -hmm. there to be content. And then when that pressure is no longer applied, what that I think in some ways shows who you really are. In, in our day. Yeah. Um, who are you really when mm-hmm. you're not experiencing a difficult trial? When you don't have a lot going on? Uh, are you being content? Are you being thankful? Are you driven to prayer when something horrible isn't happening? And, and we know that the Lord uses trials and circumstances yeah. like that to refine us. And he uses them for his glory. Um, but we shouldn't have to be wandering, starving pilgrims in the wilderness right. yeah. before the, we are, go to the God in prayer right. or uh, to experience intimacy with him. And um, I was just really young in my faith at that time. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's just an interesting. I hadn't thought about 
what you brought yeah. up there. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting part of how we live because there is such a temptation mm-hmm. to be self-satisfied and for provision to come from you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I feel like I have being married and having a daughter, which is nothing. This is, I'm not saying anything about my husband or my daughter. This mm-hmm. is, I'm saying something about me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not like, woo, they give me so many opportunities <laughs> to practice contentment. Ah, the trials. What I've discovered <laughs> is, what I've discovered is a person who is prone to discontent mm. hidden in the body of someone who think, who has convinced themselves that mm. they were always content, perfectly content. Right. Um, or even, I think sometimes content it's not even that you think you were content. It's that you really believe your way is the way that satisfies. Mm. Yes. Oh yeah. I mean, again, so you the really, audacity. We're you back really, to the audacity. Yeah, you really do believe that you are entitled mm-hmm. like your thing. Yeah. You, what you have going on in your head and your yeah. preferences, mm-hmm. uh, you're entitled to those things because those things really do produce mm-hmm. satisfaction. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe sometimes they do, but, but it's a very humbling place to be, to realize that, um, you are wrong for a long period of time. Right. And living in that way. And, you know, I've even just been thinking about like the fact that I have been speaking into a microphone (laughs) for like 10 years Mm -hmm. and just that it's very, very humbling lately. Because I'm sure I've said a lot of things that I wouldn't even necessarily <laughs> agree with, or maybe oh yeah, there's the train. Did you guys <laughs> Is hear that our first theologians train? I think that's the first. I horn. don't think we've ever. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? Please tell me four seven zero four six five zero four seven five. Every time the train goes by, I'm like, oh, they can hear it, and everyone's like, we didn't hear it, Summer, but you guys heard that. Mm-hmm. That was loud. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, um, yeah, I'm just babbling at this point. But just to say that, uh, like, I've really, in the past, like, two years or so, I feel like I've really, um, it's become clear, like, how little Mm -hmm. I am Mm -hmm. and how little I have to do with my own growth. Um, And uh it's just, it's interesting to think that I could, well, it, I don't know. It just makes me think that, mm. you know, a, a real believer can live a certain way for a while mm-hmm. and not, and they just haven't been sanctified in a certain way. Right. Um, and contentment is one of those things I realized that I really knew very little about just because maybe I didn't have to practice it a lot. Mm. Um, but just discovering how often, I legitimately believe Mm. that my way is the way right without even question, not even not going, no, my way. No, just, yeah, (laughs) that's how it is. That's how it is without a second thought. Right. And just understanding that. And even then like, you know, trials come and you're like, Oh, well I can, I can make it through Mm -hmm. uh, because like I have God in my corner yeah and it's like no no not in your corner <laughs> right what he brought the trial right. and he'll he'll provide everything you need right. to get through it he'll provide His every strength he provides the feast yeah yeah <sighs> yeah man I and know. yeah i just it just takes it doesn't take much but really it just takes other people being in your life mm-hmm. for you to examine like mm-hmm. where your satisfaction, what your whole philosophy on satisfaction is. And, right. and you may realize like, oh, wow, I don't have a biblical yeah. uh, view of contentment. Right. I've just kind of been mm-hmm. going along with it. And I think we also are so many Christian women are being shaped by the gobbledygook of the current philosophical therapeutic discussions around trauma right and i mean everything is trauma if you want to believe that everything you do today 
is a trauma response, you can find someone, some someone somewhere with some sort of mild to large background in therapy, counseling, yeah. whatever, who will c- affirm you and your belief that everything you do is a trauma response. Um, and we're totally buying into this very wild view of our lives as though it's just a series of horrible events, uh, stressful events that we just have to heal from. Right. When what scripture says about us is that God has ordained every moment of our lives for our good and his glory and that it's by Christ's stripes that we are healed. Right. That doesn't mean you don't have any work to do. And I definitely am not saying you've never experienced anything traumatic. I ate a beard hair 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're still thinking about <laughs> it. St- I still, I'm just kidding. Um, but, <laughs> you know, the, the great saints of old that we read about, like Corey Ten Boom and like the Covenanters who are just, fresh in my brain there's many many others (laughs) um they were living in light the reason that they were able to triumph and able to testify of god's grace in a powerful way that has lasted centuries and we're still talking about is because their focus was on god and what he was doing not on what sinners were doing and how they were sinning their love and their priority and their joy was anchored in that. And we're talking about men and women who were, who were beaten, who were shot at, who were hunted, who were maimed, who were tortured. Their physical bodies were destroyed. Their families were torn apart. We're talking about people who you want to talk about trauma. They experienced serious trauma. They were physically wounded and yet what was on their mouths was scripture and prayer and right. psalms and worship and the joy of the Lord. Uh, and until we can get over ourselves and until Christian women stop buying into these trauma models and obsessing over this therapeutic, uh, what's the word that I'm looking well, for? Well, so I was thinking about this a lot on the way here surrounding like a totally different topic that we don't have to get into right now. <laughs> but (laughs) I'm not ready (laughs) so what I was thinking about is just this sort of it's already very human and then our culture obviously celebrates it quite a bit Um, but it's the expression of emotion Mm. so the expression of my thoughts and my feelings and that is the emphasis of our culture yes which is that and, and that's who you are even like not Amen. even just not mm-hmm. even just a priority in our culture, but that is who you are, who you express. What you express is who you are, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what the Christian is actually called to mm-hmm. is to redirect mm-hmm. their emotions and reorient their motion, emotions in a faithful way. And express Christ. Right. You're supposed to be expressing right. Christ and him right. crucified, yes. not your bad feelings. Right. And so we're we're just obsessed with like, Feeling, express. Feeling, express it. Do I, did I think of something cool? Express, express. it. Do I, <laughs> do, like, am I feeling, so, what am I feeling today? Express, express that. It. <laughs> Get on the internet. Express, express. And yeah. And what we're supposed to be doing with our emotions mm. is, is redirecting them mm. in a testimony mm-hmm. to what God has done. Right. Right. And we, and that doesn't, that just so you know, that doesn't exclude all emotions. Redirecting your emotions does not mean we're telling you to shove it down there until you, until it turns into some kind of ulcer, you know, that's not what we're saying (laughs) because you can still have, you can still have emotions that, that you are redirecting and that are properly oriented. Um, But it's this obsession with expression that is really... Mm -hmm. It's not, you have to be, you know, expression in and of itself is not bad, but you have to be so careful as to whether or not you take everything you think and feel as the ultimate truth and standard for satisfaction, or do you stop? Right. Are you sober minded? Right. Are you 
have you are you uh, are you uh filled with scripture mm-hmm. um How, is what you're about assess, to say edifying assess your thoughts and feelings at all right As- even just <laughs> assessing them right and that's what i mean the redirection involves you stopping right does this glorify god and and that's what contentment does too. The practice of contentment is you feeling dissatisfied and you feeling discontent mm-hmm. and you going, wait, wait. Right. Has God provided this? Right. Am I being faithful in God's provision? Right. Am I in a trial? Am I singing praises to the Lord? Right. Am I in feasting in abundance? Am I singing praises to the Lord? Am I singing praises to the Lord right now? Right. Am I being grateful and giving <laughs> thanksgiving right now? Right. Yeah, a great litmus test. I don't remember where I heard heard this years ago, but like a great litmus test for where your heart is or maybe seeing like where your kid's heart is or something is like, can you join us in singing the doxology right now? Mm -hmm. Like, is that something that could even like come out of your mouth cheerfully? Could you possibly? Right. And... Uh, there is a difference between a bad attitude and experiencing a trial, a trial and being sorrowful. Um, The Bible is not against a godly sorrow. (laughs) It's very much for a godly sorrow, but a bad attitude and a godly sorrow are Mm -hmm. not the same thing. But I think that's, we're getting off into the bushes. Maybe we'll talk about wallowing soon. But um, Mm -hmm. as far as, as content goes, I think, practical application of this i i do get questions whenever we talk about contentment they're like okay but how like how do you anything that requires you to like rise above your feelings how it's like how (laughs) how because my feelings are there i'm really feeling them right um but and sometimes maybe sometimes i know they're disordered and maybe sometimes i'm not aware but it seems so impossible to be to actually like content. apply this like, information. Everything is difficult. Be content. Well, you have to, there's no other way to do it, but to look to Christ and to root what satisfies you in who God is and what he has done. Because if you root everything in that, and if you're trusting in Christ, if you are believing, you know, it's so easy to say, people will say, believe the promises. Well, it's like, well, yeah, I believe that. But it's like, no, you have to actively lay a hold of it. Right. You have to actively apply it. You well, have- and that means stopping yourself. Yeah. Like when you have, when you have emotions that are not correctly oriented, mm-hmm. um, that are f- flying off the handle, that are rash mm-hmm. and hateful Mm-hmm. Um, and selfish, you have to stop. You have to, s- there is some level of emotional control mm-hmm. and some level of awareness right? that you have to, you have to stop yourself. If you are caught like in a funnel of lies, mm-hmm. you have to be able to stop yourself to right. give yourself the truth. So that's, that's a really important, and it's not, I'm not saying it's just easy. Right. Um, sure. The, no. the part of it that's really effective though is the part of it that is applied mm. regularly right. every time it happens. When you start to feel mm-hmm. these like emotional outbursts, stopping yourself. Right. Like that is a practice in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And the practice is what actually mm-hmm. um, creates mm-hmm. the, the, um, I'm t- I, it's the to the strength, point where I'm the blanking. discipline. Yes, the yeah. discipline. It's what creates that pattern. Like yeah. it, it creates you like that, and it, eventually it gets to the point where you are mm-hmm. much faster, right, to stop yourself when you're feeling discontent, maybe in right. your friendships or right. your marriage or mm-hmm. with your kids or whatever. Being able to stop is so stop yourself is so important. And you know what? You may stop yourself, and then you may you may like spiral right, back, back into up. and then you have to stop yourself again. Right. Um, and, and, and God provides the strength. Um, right. To do that, to do that. Yeah. But it won't be, it's not that he just like, it, it's not without um, 
those growing pains, those mm-hmm. muscle tearing mm-hmm. as you build that mm-hmm. muscle. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so much of the Christian life is repetitive motion done yeah. with heavier and heavier weight. Right. It is the Paul. Right. Paul talks about this physical, he gives you this picture of athleticism to paint a picture. And I, I think that God built that into creation as well. This repetitive motion, even just the seasons changing in the year, like right. we repeat over and over and over. And I think so many Christians, we have this very 21st century mindset <laughs> of like, I mean, it came from the 20th century. Yeah. Well, so. Okay. We, 20th century mindset of like <laughs> things happening quickly, like I boom done. And that is not like faithfulness is so much, being willing to do the same things over and over in obedience to Christ with joy and the fruit that that bears is just incredible. And so like you need to sow, if you sow discontent, you will reap it. But if you sow contentment, you will reap joy. Um, And sometimes it takes time and sometimes the process is painful, but there's blessing in that. You're really building something like building a muscle, building a discipline. There's a foundation. It's not that superficial based off of feelings thing that we were talking about. Right. It's not about, oh, I feel content today. Right. That flies away. Yeah, it will fly away. It flies away. Anything happens. (laughs) (laughs) Any, any trouble comes your way. Like it could go right out the window, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to. Right. Like, I really do believe this is not, there is a, you will reap joy. Mm-hmm. Like, if something's really difficult today, you keep doing it over and over and it becomes not difficult right. eventually. Right. We are not speaking as people who have continued to oh, pretend yeah. I have arrived. Content, <laughs> contentment until we're here. Right. This, the kind of thing that we're talking about, the kind of thing that I talked about this episode I legitimately feel mm-hmm. satisfaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Legitimately. Mm-hmm. God's not asking for you to fake. That's not his act of obedience for you today. Right. Is for you to pretend. Right. That you're satisfied. No. It's to, it genu- and to be and it. And you can be satisfied if you are looking to Christ for satisfaction. Right. And you don't have to depend it on you or your circumstances. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've told you guys way too many things today. So you can leave us a voicemail. The the full extent of what we can possibly say today, (laughs) we have said. It's all left our brains. I'm sure we could both tell you one more story, but we're not (laughs) going to do that. We'll keep, we're going to keep this conversation going. We've already planned on it. Okay, you can leave us a voicemail. You know my voicemail number. 470-465-0475. We hope you guys have a wonderful week and we will see you next week. Yeah.